Hi guys, welcome to the Church Split. My name is Will. You guys know what we do here. We help you escape your church's echo chamber, learn to think biblically, and of course, challenge the status quo, which always needs challenging. Uh, but first, do all the internet stuff, like, subscribe, all that stuff. It actually really does help us grow. And if you want to keep helping our ministry grow, that's how you do it. Liking, subscribing, commenting, all that good stuff. Uh, welcome to another live stream as well. I will be doing a lot of live streams by myself. Um, and also Brian and I will be doing them a lot, oftentimes together on Monday nights. So keep an, uh, an eye out for that. Although the next two weeks due to the holidays, we might not be as active. We probably will not be <laughs> recording Monday nights on both Christmas and New Year's for obvious reasons. So anyway, with that said, I hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, today, we will be talking about the whole Church of Satan debacle. And it's honestly, this is more of a therapy live stream for me <laughs> because I have actually been shocked at what's been going on uh, recently with this whole thing and how Christians have responded poorly and all that stuff. So um, anyhow, so one of the things I wanted to make sure I said first and foremost, though, before we talk about the Church of Satan, is Merry Christmas. Obviously, Christmas is in just a couple of days, and I hope you guys are having a great time uh, celebrating the birth of the Messiah, how he came here and he conquered death with death, and he resurrected into a new life, and all that good stuff that comes with the Christmas season. So, um, of course, when God, Christ came in the flesh and all that. So as we discuss uh, the blasphemous Church of Satan, I just first wanted to make sure we mentioned the reason for the season, which is, of course, Jesus Christ. So anyhow, uh, if you can go ahead and just uh, in the live stream, comment as you go. Uh, if I see it uh, and it's a question, I will try to start it, but I'm also going to be doing other things. So if you want to do questions, do it more toward the end and I will comment as I go in that sense. But first, let's talk about the absolute Chad, which is Michael Cassidy here. Michael Cassidy in the center stage. Uh, this guy is a U.S. Navy officer or former one. He apparently, if you're, you've been living under a rock, you might have heard, you might not have heard the story, but most everyone's probably heard the story. He was walking through the Iowa uh, government building and he saw this statue, uh, the satanic statue, and of course he went to throw casting it down and decapitating it which is possibly the most metal thing i've heard of a christian doing in a long time and now it's funny because the church of satan now wants to press charges on him uh for you know destroying their property and all that good stuff now you'll notice of course they're making a very very big deal about how their very sacred altar was destroyed but i want you guys to look at this picture real quick and notice that um if you look at the one in the top, you'll notice there's zip ties and pool noodles. That, that is their altars, uh, the Baphomet, if you will. That That's his arms. They're pool noodles and zip ties. Clearly something very sacred to be taken very seriously. Uh, so we should definitely make sure we pay attention to that. So uh, real quick, Caleb Sowers, I uh, appreciate the super chat. He said, hey, Will, this will be a good video, but it's missing something. I think we all know what or who. I don't know of whom you speak. Brian is not that important. And the fact that you actually super chatted this so you knew I had to highlight it on the screen is a little insulting. I hate you. All right, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So then, uh, oh, Steve Brundick is in the chat. I'm excited for this because, see, remember when I've talked, we talked a lot about the IFB and critiquing the IFB, and that's mainly because they're outside the IFB, but we could, I can critique 
like your standard evangelical church all day long too, because, and also I work in an evangelical church. So, but best part about it is that Steve and I, we can actually look at the stuff that we agree on quite a bit and high five each other all day on it. So this is going to be fun. So, all right. Now that we've got that out of the way, so we have Michael Cassidy casting down this satanic idol or uh, altar, if you will. And as he casts this down, he is now have facing charges of, of like defamation, like destruction of property and stuff like that. Now, some people are trying to point out that Michael Cassidy's own website like chides BLM and others for rioting and destroying uh, private property as well. And they're saying that Michael Cassidy is a hypocrite. And now I want us to understand there are two ways to look at this. If you look at this purely from a secular perspective, then you might be able to walk away with that sort of deduction. However, um, there's the other side of it, which is if you look at things like a Christian, you will notice that these are not one-to-one -one things. First off, in the BLM riots, and what's funny is that those who are also complaining about Michael Cassidy's actions here, I'm sure they many of them supported BLM riots and the destruction of property there. So there's also irony, you could say, on both sides. However, that's far and that, that's very far from this because guess what? The Church of Satan is not actually a religion. So what basically happened is the Church of Satan was established in 1966. So it's the Church of Satan. Okay. This was established back then in the 60s. And it was established by a guy who basically made his entire personality Bram Stoker's Dracula. And he establishes this church of Satan and now it is officially recognized as a religion. So people are saying that this is Satanism fighting for religious freedom and uh, that they are being religiously discriminated and they're using all the religious protection rights words that we expect to hear from people. Uh, so, uh, and it, I don't know if it's true. Somebody sent me an image from an article that said it was actually the Trump administration that made the Church of Satan recognized as a religion. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I'm okay with somebody fact checking on that because I'm just letting you letting you know. Um, and oh yeah, so for those who do not know what Chad means, when I said the absolute Chad, uh, it means a very masculine based man. Thank you, Chris Fisher. So um, also check out Chris Fisher uh, at God is Open. Uh, check out that they're with us in the Black Sheep Theology uh, network that we started and I have hardly put any effort in since I started it. And for that, I apologize, but all right, let's move forward. So let's be honest here though. I have a few things to say about this whole church of Satan debacle. The first thing I wanted to make sure that we look at it is that if we look at it from a purely secular perspective, that everything must be treated the same way. Sure. You might have a point. However, let's look at things in a more realistic sense, which is one, if you're a Christian, so Christians really seem to be getting this mixed up. And uh, I'm just going to say it. God's okay with destroying idols. God is actually not okay with it. He actually likes it. <laughs> all right. So Deuteronomy 12. All right. Deuteronomy 12. Let's just read the first three verses. This is in the English Standard Version. He says, these are the statutes and rules that you shall be careful to do in the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess all the days that you live on the earth. 
You shall surely destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess served their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. You shall tear down their altars and dash in pieces their pillars and burn their asherim with fire. You shall chop down the carved images of their gods and destroy their name out of that place. Now, you could say, well, contextually, this is just talking about the promised land. But this, there's a reason why God's having them do this, and it's because these idols are a blasphemy to his own name and are a, an affront to who he is. We'll talk about why that is in a second. Then the other thing, to, if you look back in the... Um, if you look back in time, into the time of the kings, like first and second kings, oh, and Caleb Sowers again, I'm go I got to recognize, thank you for the super chat again, my friend. You guys, stop throwing us money, okay? It's the holidays. Uh, <laughs> he goes, in actuality, I appreciate you guys, and I've been waiting for this video. I'm glad you're doing it. People need a reality check. Brian would be nice, too. <laughs> oh, no, Brian would be too nice, is what he said. Brian would be too nice. You know what's funny? I'm just going to say it. Brian is not as nice as he comes off on the program. He is so nice on the program. But then when you, if you're besties with him, I tell you what, that guy does not care. Uh, <laughs> he's a savage, more savage than me. See, the tone you have on this is pretty much like Will's tone continually. Uh, Brian has different levels, and uh, Brian, but Brian would probably be probably be nice i actually don't know on this situation we'll see uh i don't know brian you let me know in the chat he's gonna shoot me a hateful text later all right so anyway back to the kings uh so if you go into first and second kings you, what you have is a continual narrative of different kings that come into power and they don't serve god properly and god constantly chides us as they've done great evil they did evil in the sight of the lord some did more evil than ever in the sight of the lord evil evil being done and what it continually what it continually talks about is not casting down idols and not destroying them from their high places. And he's like, you have not done this. In other words, you have not given me proper priority amongst the people. You are so afraid of upsetting the people and their religion and their belief systems that you kept those there. And like there's one that was like, I, I forget which king right now because I'm just this is off the cuff here. But one king was please God because he did good things, but he said he did not tear them down. So he says he didn't tear these down. He didn't honor the Lord as much as he could, even though most everything he did pleased the Lord. But was kind of implied there is that he kind of was a people pleaser. He didn't want to rock the boat too much. And then you get into Second Kings, and there's this king named Josiah, who not only honored the Lord, but that God gave him credit because, like in uh, is in chapter twenty three, but like verse seven, and he broke down the houses of the male cult prostitutes who are in the house of the Lord, where the women uh, wove hangings for for the Asherah. And he brought all the priests out of the cities of Judah. He, de, uh, he defiled the high places where the priests had made offerings. And he goes on and on, talks about that. He, he also destroyed them. Like he actually straight up like killed the priests. And he just completely goes through an entire cleansing of this. And is very honoring to God. God's very pleased with that. And some people, I don't think, understand why, but... I want us to understand the fact that there is a reason for this. So the reason why God is so against the idea of idols and images and these false images is because they don't reflect him properly. In the very beginning of scripture, we have God created mankind in his own image. And then 
uh, it, depending on what your worldview is, might take a Deuteronomy 32 worldview or a Divine Council worldview to one degree or other. And I believe that these spiritual beings are real and that these spiritual beings had people make idols uh, in their image. And that's an affront to God because the true God looks at it and goes, I already made my images and my images are my people. And then when he sent Christ, Christ is called the image of God as well. So it's this whole idea of we are the image of God. Christ is the perfect image of God and man. And then they're coming together in the incarnation, hence Christmas. Okay. And that is the whole idea here. So whenever someone makes another image, it is actually blaspheming the image that God already made you in. And it's also blaspheming the image, uh, the intent of images that God has and that we are worshiping something else. So I'm just going to say it. God is entirely okay, and not only okay, but pleased with the fact that Michael Cassidy destroyed a satanic statue, okay? Completely okay. Now, of course, the next thing people go is, yeah, but isn't that destruction of property? Isn't that something along that nature? Uh, yeah, it's a destruction of bad property. <laughs> and that's an okay thing. So here's one of the biggest problems that we have in the world right now, which is that we think we need to treat all things equally, like on an even playing field, like all things are equal. Not all things are equal. Not everyone has, not all things have the same right to exist in like proper society. So people were like, apparently this church of Satan put this up in protest to the fact that the Christians put up a nativity, Okay. So one thing you need to understand here is that these two things are not the same. The nativity scene is wholesome, okay? The Virgin Mary with her husband uh, or her betrothed and a baby, right? And this baby is the, the Prince of Peace. He's Emmanuel, God of with us. He dwells among us. He walks among us. He does all those things. He is God in the flesh there with Mary and her father and what, uh, and his father, I should say, and they're there. And that's a wholesome picture, even the idea of virginity, right? There's not even like a sexual connotation here at all. Then you have the church of Satan, which we will talk about their beliefs here in a minute. Okay. And why they are not a religion, but the church of Satan is the exact opposite of that. And it is not wholesome. It is not family friendly. It is not something that you can take your three-year-old to. Like I, I took my daughter to a live nativity last weekend. I can't take my uh, daughter to a Church of Satan thing because it's not wholesome, it's not family friendly, and it is not overall good for society. There are morally good things and morally bad things. And morally bad things should not be treated as equal in a society. I don't care if you say is religious freedom. I don't care if you say freedom is freedom. Freedom, you just because there's freedom doesn't mean you're free to do whatever you want. True freedom is the ability to do that which is good and be held accountable against that which is bad. Okay, true freedom. That's what freedom is in Christ, by the way. We have a lot of freedom in Christ, but we are also called slaves to Christ because no matter what, you cannot serve two masters. You will be a slave to one or the other. Either you will be a slave to your sinful based desires or you'll be a slave to that which is good and righteous. So this whole idea of like neutrality just isn't a real thing. So anyhow, um, with that said, let's actually talk about um, the Church of Satan for a minute. Let's actually get into their beliefs because the this it all stems from this idea that they are, in fact, a religion. But in order to be a religion, you need to follow a certain deity. You need to worship a particular thing. So let, I'm just going to start reading the uh, Church of Satan's beliefs here, okay? So 
if you go to their website, which I do not recommend, by the way, because uh, come to find out, if you click on certain tabs while you're researching, you will find nudity, which, again, is not the same thing as a nativity. You see the difference here? Um, just saying, I'm pretty sure most anyone with – if I actually explain why seeing a grown naked woman uh, in a very sexually provocative pose is different and not as okay as a nativity scene – I cannot help you. All right. Okay. Let's let's keep moving. So I do not recommend going to the website. I'm actually not even going to share my screen with you because I don't want to click on something and then suddenly have regrets. Okay. So I think I'm good. I have all the tabs open, but just being safe here. There's nothing on my screen that's bad currently that I'm aware of, but you know, this website is apparently dangerous. Uh so Let's read what they have to say. So founded in April 19th, uh, April 30th, 1966 by Anton Z uh, Zandor, Zander LeVay, uh, we are the first, uh, he says, we are the first above ground organization in history openly dedicated to the acceptance of man's true nature, that of a carnal beast living in a cosmos that's indifferent to our existence. So first things, he says we're carnal, we're a carnal beast. And this completely gives in to this idea of a carnal beast. Uh, they don't think that our desires are something to be controlled, but what, rather something to be given over to. We should give in to our carnal desires. We're a carnal beast. It's what we are. That's our nature. Now, that has a lot of implications when it comes to sexual deviancy. Okay. Um, I, like, I mean, just I, I, whatever. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. All right. So. Um, then it says that we are living in a cosmos that's indifferent to our existence. So if the cosmos is indifferent to our existence, it means your life has no meaning or morality. There is no purpose to any of it. So there's no right or wrong and there's no overall purpose. So they say to us, Satan is the symbol. So he's just a symbol to them that best suits the nature of who we are carnal by birth. People who feel no battles raging between our thoughts and feelings. We who do not embrace the concept of a soul imprisoned in a body, he represents pride, liberty, and individualism. So it's all about you. Keep that in mind. Qualities often defined as evil by those who worship external deities who feel there is a war between their minds and emotions. So breaking it down here, what does it say? Well, essentially... Satan is the symbol of pride, egotism, and self, and just completely is a very selfish religion. It's all about what I think, what I feel. That's all that matters. I'm in an indifferent universe. And it says later on as we go, uh, we'll actually, we'll talk about that. All right. Uh, as he explained in his work, the Satanic Bible, man, using his brain, invented all the gods, doing so because many of our species cannot accept or control their personal egos feeling compelled to conjure up one or a multiplicity of characters who can act without hindrance or guilt upon the whims and desires. All gods are thus externalized forms, magnified projections of the true nature of their creators, personifying aspects of the universe of personal temperaments, which many of their followers find to be troubling. Worshiping any god is thus worshiping by proxy those who invented that god. See the weird wordplay they're doing here? So now to worship God means that you're worshiping actually the person who invented it or by proxy anyway, as he says. 
Since the Satanist understands that all gods are fiction, instead of bending a knee and worship to or seeking friendship or unity with such mythical entities, he places himself at the center of his own subjective universe as his own highest value. We are Satanists. Our we, as, we Satanists are thus our own gods and are a beneficent deities who can offer love to those who deserve it and deliver our wrath within reasonable limits upon those who seek to cause us or those uh, which we cherish harm. So what do we have here? Mankind are their own gods. And my favorite part is that we live in an indifferent universe according to them, and that we can do whatever we want, right? And we can deliver our wrath within reasonable limits. This right here is what happens when you get into the absurdity of like, of lack of like, of lack theism, if you will, like a lack of belief in God is a, how can you even measure what is reasonable in your response in wrath? You can't, there's no way to like, who says what is reasonable? What is not? You are your own God, remember? So I can choose what is my reasonable limit. My reasonable limit might be to run you over with my car. And your reasonable limit might be to slap me on the wrist. But you are your own God. I am my own God. You're the God of your cosmos. I'm the God of my cosmos. So who cares? Because remember, we are all nothing but ba debased creatures, carnal beasts. So whenever a carnal beast acts out with all his fury and wrath over something, you don't call it murder. You don't call it immoral. You don't say it's unreasonable. You say he's just being a beast. So to be logically c consistent, these people cannot complain when someone is acting like a carnal beast or just acting within their worldview. So therefore, there's no reasonable, there's no unreasonable limits to respond with your wrath. And you also have no reason to lash out at Michael Cassidy because in your own statement of beliefs, you believe mankind is as a carnal creature. So why can't he just be a carnal creature and attack the things that he hates? You have, and he's, isn't he not responding within reasonable limits to wrath? So you instantly are in, it's a completely incoherent system. And it just goes to show that people like this, they believe in something that is incoherent and they want their cake and eat it, you want to eat it too. So I just have no patience for this. <laughs> Sorry, I just have no patience for it. Um, so it is incoherent. And notice also, they lack belief in any God. So it's not a religion. The religion itself is self-worship. That's what it is. So it's not really a religion. It's not a religion. Actually, it was founded as a troll against other religions. Their whole point of existing is to try to upset Christians or other believers of another God, but particularly lash out against Christians. That's what they want to do. They're a troll, which they pretty much admit, right? They're atheists who slap on the symbol of Satan, but they don't actually worship Satan because they don't even believe he's real, which oddly enough means that they actually worship Satan because <laughs> in their own way. But they just don't even realize how they are worshiping Satan, which is by rejecting that which is good and all that which God commands. But that's neither here nor there. Okay, so that's the official Church of Statement, what uh, Church of Satan's website. That's their official statement. All right, now let's go to their eleven satanic rules, which is funny because you, you cannot tell me that those eleven satanic rules are are not like trying to like one up the Ten Commandments. Okay. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, okay. So, all right. This is from 1967. Do not give opinions or advice unless you are asked. Now, keep in mind, remember, you are your own gods. Man is just a debased creature, a carnal beast. So there is no real, we live in an indifferent universe. Therefore, there's really, logically, no duties, no laws. Meanwhile, they create laws because they think that these are good and rational, but there's really no grounding for it. There's no one who says it's right or wrong, but we're just going to assume that ours is what's the most reasonable, okay? Just keep that in mind. All right, do not give opinions or advice unless you are asked. Which is funny. Are you giving me opinions or advice right now? I didn't ask for this. Anyway, do not tell your troubles to others unless you are sure they want to hear them. Okay. When in another's lair, show him respect or else do not go, do not go there. <laughs> they call each other's homes lairs. <laughs> Told you, man. They made their entire personality Brown Stoker's Dracula. It's it's so cringy. If a guest in your lair annoys you, treat him cruelly and without mercy, but within reasonable limits, according to the other statement. Remember, keep that in mind. We're not, but we're not for coherency. Remember, they're a troll, and they're they're basically a bunch of Matt Dillahunty level, like Reddit level atheists who decided to be edgy. That's all it really is. Okay. Do not make sexual advances unless you are given the mutual, the, the mating signal. Sorry, unless you are given the mating signal. I don't know what that looks like, but anyway. Do not take that which does not belong to you unless it is a burden to the other person and he cries out to be relieved. So do not steal. Got it. But remember, we reject all religions, but apparently they like to keep their stuff. So, you know, those stupid Christians and Jewish people who believe in the Ten Commandments, but we're going to steal. We're going to steal from those. It's like the, that Mr. Bean meme who that's like, you know, copying each other's homework. All right. Seven, acknowledge the power of magic if you have employed it successfully to obtain your desires. If you deny the power of magic after having called upon it with success, you will lose all you have obtained. Now, I don't know how they reject, they believe we live in a different universe and reject the existence of God and any basically supernatural entity while also acknowledging the existence of magic. How that makes sense, I don't know, nor do I care. Do not complain about anything to which you need to not subject yourself. So do not harm little children. Okay, but whoa, hold on. Number nine is do not harm little children. But what if I'm a carnal beast? I thought I'm just a carnal beast who's supposed to give in to my desires. So what if you're just somebody who's a map, a minor attracted person? What are you to do? So you're not allowed to be a carnal beast or are you? Which one is it? Am I, am I, am I, am I my own God or not? See the problem here? Uh, anyway, do not kill non-human animals unless you are attacked or for your food. Okay, thanks for that, I guess. When walking in open territory, bother no one. If someone bothers you, ask him to stop. If he does not stop, destroy him. So if somebody harasses you, I guess you get to kill him? I guess we're able to be a carnal creature in that situation, just not in other situations. See the issue here? Okay. So, back again. It is uh, it is not a religion, clearly. Uh, 
Caleb Sowers. The Satanic Temple is literally a RL physical meme. It really is. I, by RL, do you mean Reddit level physical meme? Is that what you mean? Uh, I feel like I'm not getting that, that, that what that means. But I get I see what you're saying, but I just don't know if that's exactly what you're saying. So, um, all right. So, I feel like there's there's something else going on here. Uh, in the, I see people debating something uh in the comments but i'm going to try to breathe here um <laughs> oh chris fisher uh thank you for synopsizing this he says all right back all right back judging from the comments this whole stream has been about trinitarianism are people just like debating trinitarianism right now just because i talked about the incarnation oh good grief we're talking about the church of satan folks get you and your heretical booties out of here i'm just kidding okay um all right so um, now, they had satanic, 11, 11 satanic rules of the earth, and now we have nine satanic sins. So we have, we have 11 commands on, you know, nine sins. So this is the amount of irony in this is hilarious. Hold on one second. Sorry, um, they're cranking the heat in the building and I'm in the second floor. So I'm just cooking alive. So I'm getting parched. All right. Your top sins, according to the Church of Satan. Number one, stupidity. <laughs> the top of the list for satanic sins, the cardinal sin of Satanism. It's too bad that stupidity isn't painful. Ignorance is one thing, but our society thrives increasingly on stupidity. It depends on people going along with whatever they are told. The media promotes a cultivated stupidity as a posture that is not only acceptable, but laudable. Satanists must learn to see through these tricks and cannot afford to be stupid. So it's kind of generic, but uh, bottom line is, don't you think having an incoherent worldview is stupid? Don't you think making your entire belief system being based on like Dracula, having satanic alters to things that you don't actually believe in, kind of stupid? Don't you think it's kind of a waste of resources? Sounds like to me the Church of Satan is actually violating their own cardinal sins. All right. Uh, pretentiousness. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Pretentiousness. All right. Uh, empty posturing can be most irritating and isn't applying the cardinal rules of lesser magic. On equal footing with stupidity for what keeps the money in circulation these days, everyone's made to feel like a big shot, whether they can come up with goods or not. So pretentiousness. Meanwhile, if you look at all their stuff, I feel like the way the Satanists walk around in their little robes and everything, I'm like, you guys are literally the most pretentious atheists I've ever met. So, but again, we're not about consistent. Remember, in different universe, carnal beasts, we don't need to be coherent. Uh, solipsism can be a very dangerous, can be very dangerous for Satanists. Projecting your reactions, responses, and sensibilities onto someone who is probably far less attuned than you are. Attuned to what? Who said who gets to say who's more tuned to something like you guys haven't demonstrated. You have no grounding to justify it. You guys literally just like grant yourself this capability. Meanwhile, you're claiming what's right and what's wrong for people here when you believe in an indifferent universe and no gods. Like if there's no God, then we're just in an indifferent, indifferent universe. Then our morality is indifferent. What we do right and wrong is indifferent. It doesn't matter, right? So anyway, it, it is the mistake of expecting people to give you the same consideration, courtesy, and respect that you naturally give them. They won't. Okay? So 
They won't. You acknowledge this. Meanwhile, you get mad when apparently Michael Cassidy casts down your statue. All right. Instead, Satanists must strive to apply the dictum of do unto others as they do unto you. It's work is work for most of us and requires constant vigilance lest you slip into a comfortable illusion of everyone being like you. As has been said, certain utopias would be ideal in a nation of philosophers, but unfortunately, or perhaps fortunately, from a Machiavellian standpoint, we are far from that point. So apparently just eye for an eye, do unto others as they do unto you. Self-deceit, you're not to deceive oneself. It's the nine satanic statements, but uh, deserves to be repeated here. Another cardinal sin, we must not pay homage to any of the sacred cows presented to us, including the roles we are expected to play ourselves. The only, the only time self-deceit should be entered into is when it's fun and with awareness, but then it's not self-deceit. Okay. I, I feel like you guys are deceiving yourselves into thinking that you're actually saying cool stuff when you're really not because you have no grounding for any of these things. You have an incoherent statement. You say that mankind does these things, that they're carnal beasts by nature. Yet you get mad at people when they strike down your statue that was literally put up there just to antagonize people. Like that's all it was there for. Any, anyway. Um, okay. Lack of perspective is another uh, cardinal sin, which this is another contradiction uh, in how they're acting out. Again, this one can lead to a lot of pain for their Satanists. You must never lose sight of who and what you are and what a threat you can be by your very existence. We are making history right now, every day. Always keep the wider historical and social picture in mind. That is an important key to both lesser and greater magic. See the patterns and fit things together as you want the pieces to fall into place. Do not be swayed by herds constraints. Know that we, you are working on another level entirely for the rest of the world. So, in other words, you need to keep the big picture in mind, right? You're working against the entire world, essentially. They admit it here that they're trying to push their their beliefs unto others, their methodology unto others, which is what they're doing here, which is why you shouldn't even give them, you shouldn't even acknowledge this. It's not a religion. They already deny the existence of any God. So it's not a religion. They don't even practice anything. They don't worship anything. The only thing they practice is incoherent statements that they contradict in the next statement while having no grounding to justify any of their statements and then cry victim after their antagonism gives them exactly what they were antagonizing. Anyway, so for uh, forgetfulness of past orthodoxies, it's your orthodox orthodoxy means like proper practice. Like, what is your proper practice here? Was it even like it's, it's certainly not based on Satan because you don't even believe in him, apparently like whatever. So anyway, all right, let's read this. Be aware that this is one of the keys to brainwashing people into accepting something new and different when a reality is something that was once widely accepted, but is now presented in a new package. We're expected to rave about the genius of the creator and forget the original. This makes for a disposable society. Okay. Counterproductive pride. Oh, but again, we're base creatures and aren't you your own God? What's wrong with, who says what's counterproductive? Counterproductive to what? Your agenda? But I'm my own God. I get to create my own agendas, not you. Don't you get it? Anyway, 
Um, all right. So he says the word, the first word is important. Pride is great up, great up to the point you begin to throw out the baby with the bathwater. The rule of Satanism is if it works for you, great. When it stops working for you, when you've painted yourself into a corner and the only way out is to say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I wish I could, could compromise somehow, then do it. So apparently when you've painted yourself in a corner, but I don't, again, there's no way to measure this on atheism. Lack of aesthetics. This is a physical application of the balance factor. Aesthetics is important in lesser magic and should be cultivated. It is obvious that no one can collect any money off classical standards of beauty and form most of the time. So they are discouraged in it as a consumer uh, in a consumer society. But an eye for beauty, for balance, is an essential satanic tool and must be applied for greater magical effectiveness. It's not what's supposed to be pleasing. It's what is aesthetics. It, it what is it? it Sorry, it's not what's supposed to be pleasing. It's what is. Aesthetics is a personal thing, reflective of one's own nature, but there are universally pleasing and harmonious configurations that should not be denied. Okay, so you want things to look nice? I guess. All right, okay. So now that we've read their 11 satanic rules, we've read their nine cardinal sins, and we've read their official statement, I think we can easily conclude here that they're not actually a religion. They deny the existence of a god. They don't worship anything. Their whole thing is to antagonize, which is why I wouldn't have cast down the altar because I'm just like, I know what they're trying to do and I just probably wouldn't do it. Also, I just tend to not even acknowledge Reddit level atheists much or get pay them much mind. But I can also, I'm not going to dog someone for casting it down because it probably deserved to be. It probably should have been. And I think it honored God, actually. I think it's a good thing. But you can't say you're a religion and demand religious freedom when you deny the existence of anything that is religious and just assert yourselves as your own gods while denying that actual gods exist or an actual god exists. You don't get to do that. You're not a religion by definition. And the fact that anyone would acknowledge you as a religion just shows that people are ignorant of what religion really is. And Christianity is a religion. And as a religion, I happily practice. And... You should too, because it's true. But this is not a religion, okay? And again, they believe we are carnal beasts, debased creatures who give into our base desires and that we ought to. I can't go to other parts of the website that talk about this because there's a bunch of naked pictures and I'm not going to go to those, but you get the idea. And the and which is funny because they're really okay with all the sexuality, but then they say do not harm children. So apparently everyone gets to have a good time in Satanism besides pedophiles, but who gets to make that measurement? We don't know because we live in a different universe, but we just don't like it. So you have no standard which to say it. Now Christianity does because we say there's an order to the universe that was created to be properly ordered, that there was a creator who said, this is how things are going to go. This is how things ought to be. I'm going to write my law upon your hearts. I'm going to give you the freedom of choice. Uh, and then I'm going to promise judgment upon the wicked and I will reward those who are righteous and I'll give life, uh, life eternal unto all who believe. You have all those things. You can justify even like things against pedophilia in in Christianity, because Christianity puts it as one woman and one man, and it means woman and man, which means post-puberty, right? Together, in a marriage, one-on-one, -on -one, because that's the way it was from the beginning. As Jesus said, that that's why, you know, like divorce, right? It's supposed to be one man, one woman. He only allowed for divorce because of the hardness of the hearts. So now that we know that all that good stuff, um, there is uh, now Josh, Josh Ham, who's in our Facebook apologetics group, he actually posted this and I thought this was really well done. So I kind of stole it. So shout out to you, Joshua Ham. Uh, but 
it, it kind of summarizes my thoughts on this very well, okay? One, Satanism is not a religion. Satan is a being described in Christianity. So worshiping Satan would be a perversion of Christianity or something that is anti-Christian. So I keep in mind, Satan is a being within Christianity. So to start something and call it Satanism means that you are anti that religion, right? There's a reason why they had to fit over the nativity scene. The Church of Satan does this a lot. They target things that are specifically Christian, mainly because they know that, well, one, that's a primary religion here. Secondly, it's because it's meant to be counter to Christianity because Christianity says that you can be, you have carnal desires, but you must rule over them. They say you are a car you have carnal desires, but you must give into them. You must not deceive yourself. You must be aware that you are your own God. Whereas in Christianity, they say, no, there's only one true God and you must die to yourself. You must live for others. Do unto other do unto others as you would have them do unto you, not do unto others as they do unto you. Everything in Satanism is set counter to what Christianity teaches. So it's an it's anti-Christian ideology. Buddhism, while untrue, is a separate set of beliefs and teachings, and therefore can be qualified as a separate religion. So Buddhism could have freedom of religion. But unlike Buddhism, Satanic worship at its core is the worship of the destruction of an actual religion such as Christianity. So they don't, but they don't really worship a God, right? They have this idea of destroying other Christian, uh, other Christian beliefs or other theistic beliefs. So it's an anti-belief system, okay? It's a belief system that is anti-religion, yet they are calling themselves a religion. You see the problem here? It's not a religion to be anti-religion. That is actually, it's the denial of a religious belief system. All right. The next thing is that you cannot protect a religion by honoring and worshiping this destruction of that religion. So as a Christian, I cannot honor a religion that is only seeking to destroy my religion. This is an issue with radical Islam. That's why I don't actually have a lot of respect for Islam. And it's because, not just because of the denial of historical facts, but because of what it actually teaches in Surah and other parts of, of the Quran. I can't honor something that's out to that's okay with outright destroying other people who always just smile, who just disagree, right? Um Satanism and Christianity cannot coexist. They just can't. You can't tell us to coexist because it is anti the other. So that's, again, not something that, that is a fact here. Satanism is anti-Christianity and Christianity is against and oppose all things satanic. Therefore, you take these two, they do not coexist. They are both trying to fight each other based on their own belief systems. And this is the problem with pluralism. Pluralism that says like everyone essentially should respect one another for their beliefs and we all should equally get along, hold hands, sing kumbaya, and everyone's equally valid. You can't have that because certain things outright contradict other belief systems, period. Then number four, fairness is derived from one's view of right and wrong, right? So they are saying, well, we just want to be treated fairly. You know, they destroyed our altar. So 
if we destroyed the Christian nativity scene, we would ha- we could be faced with charges. We just want to be treated fairly amongst other religions. That's all we want. But the bottom line is that fairness is derived from how one views right or wrong. Making a determination of fairness is a religious or a subjective observation. If it's a religious one, because it's grounded in something, which means that we believe that somebody or something says something is right or wrong, and is it therefore above what mankind believes, then that's where we're getting, we're deriving right or wrong from. If there is no higher being to which to like establish these moral principles, then it all becomes a subjective observation. It becomes different creatures who disagree with one another and have to deliberate on what they think is right or wrong, but no one is actually right or wrong. Therefore, fairness on that worldview would be an illusion. Therefore, on Satanism, this idea of fairness is an illusion. They're playing a game with you. So if you actually think that their religion should be respected, they're playing you for a fool. They're not a religion. They deny the existence of a religion. That's that's it. They're playing you for a fool. And then they also are doing things purposely to be provocative, to get a reaction. That's why they do this. They put up that altar because Christians put up a nativity. So they went and did the same thing, but with a satanic statue. Now, I also want to keep in mind, why would a nativity be up? Because of Christmas. Because this is a time of year that people will celebrate the birth of the Messiah, right? This is a overtly Christian holiday, unless, of course, you celebrate Hanukkah, right? Okay, so you have those two things going on right now. And then you waltz your little altar of Baphomet in for a holiday display during Hanukkah and Christmas, you're like, oh, well, we have to participate. Oh, this religious discrimination. People got upset. Yeah, because you're doing an anti that that belief, that religion thing during one that one of their most sacred holidays, either Hanukkah or Christmas. Yeah, you're probably going to get some reaction. And you knew that, which is why you did it. And then they did it. They acted out. And then you play the victim. I can't act foolish and do foolish things. They get upset when... I reap the reap the uh, rewards of my actions. You play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. And this Church of Satan knows this. It's all to attack other religions. It's why they do it. So they wanted to attack Christianity and be an anti be an anti religion. And now the 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 Christian did it. Now they're pressing charges. Why? Because they don't like Christians. Let's be honest. That thing was put together by pool noodles, and zip ties. I've had far worse things working at a church be vandalized, okay? I have. And do you know how many charges I have pressed? Because they were cheaper to fix than pool noodles and zip ties, okay? So, but again, because Church of Satan teaches do unto others as they do unto you, as opposed to do unto others as they would, ha- as you would want them to do unto you, like Christianity teaches, they flip that on its head and do an eye for an eye. Well, now here we are. So, um, all right. Gov- and then also number five, the government was originally created by God, 
and this is true, uh, and exists to establish a society that protects and promotes good while eradicating and punishing evil. That's why Romans 13 says, I think it's Romans, yeah, Romans 13 that says that that's why government has a sword, right? Determining what is right and wrong is an essential aspect of good governing and lawmaking. By limiting Christian thought from the governing process, a government will inevitably fall to uh, to establish good, fail to establish good laws. Now, this isn't. Now, people seem to think whenever I talk about this, I, I'm suddenly advocating for a theocracy. I'm not. I actually don't tend to think theocracies are that good, but I would say it's better than what a lot of people advocate for anymore. But this right here is true because if it was originally established by God, then it belongs to God to one degree or other. But bottom line is the government's job is to protect its people's rights, is to keep them safe, and is to eradicate evil amongst the people to keep them safe, which means more than just physical. So there's this weird idea in our world today that physical harm, right, is the only thing that matters. Well, I didn't hurt anybody is what you'll hear all, all the time. Well, I didn't hurt anyone as if that's the only kind of hurt that matters. But there's other hurts that matter. And some of the psychological values, for example, if you start damaging good values, you damage your society, arguably more so than physical harm, because that becomes generational. It could destroy entire societies from within. And that's, by the way, why the Church of Satan knows that, which is why they're saying that to keep the bigger perspective in mind as they try to influence the culture. Okay. So bottom line, government's supposed to eradicate evil. Well, what is evil? Well, probably destroying anyone who disrespects you as they put on their own statement of beliefs. Probably anything that says to give in to your base desires and that you're a carnal beast. That's probably something pretty evil they want to eradicate from among you and make, frankly, illegal. Okay? Those are not things that we should be okay with. We just shouldn't be. Um, because bottom line is, I don't want people giving in to their most carnal desires. Are you out of your mind? Do you know how many carnal, messed up desires are in the world? Do you, have you thought about the implications of that? What the what the philosophical price tag would be? And it's not you who would suffer for in this generation, but think three or four generations from now. What that does to people. We lived in the Stone Age, and we've improved since then. Maybe not teach that man is a carnal creature that should just give in to their desires. All right. Bottom line is, the government gets to, should get rid of and destroy that which is evil among it. All right. Uh, Christianity, the number six, has a responsibility to be the salt of the earth and light in the culture, which also means that we have a responsibility in our culture to be the light of Christ, to be peacemakers, and to also point out what is evil. And there's a reason why all throughout the Torah it says, destroy the wicked, cast out the wicked from among you. You'll get rid of the wicked from among you. Get rid of the evil from among you. Cast that out all the time. Right. So, again, people don't like this because it's unpopular to talk about, because for some reason, our Christianity is more like Republicanism anymore. Like we're more like the Republican Party or the Libertarian Party than we are about the like God worldview. And God's OK with destroying idols because idols are damaging to people and culture and also are an affront to the actual image bearers of God, which is both mankind and the incarnate Christ. So, all right. And then number eight, uh, 
Wait, no, sorry, number seven. Christians have been taught by culture that the greatest Christian virtue is to be passively overrun by the untruth of culture. And I can't say amen to that statement more than any other statement in the world. We have this idea that Christianity has to be passive and overrun. Well, you know, we don't want to come off as mean. Oh, we don't want to come off as harsh or judgmental. But the reality is they're judging you no matter what. And you're judging the situation whether you want to or not, you're making judgment calls. The question is, are you judging righteous judgment? Are you saying something's good or are you saying something's bad? Are you calling it out as it is? And are you defending the, that which is good for good reason? Christianity for too long, and it's part of that like seeker sensitive thing that ended up happening because, okay, let's be honest. You have like Jonathan Edwards back in the day that's, that preached, you know, sinners in the hands of an angry God. You have a very angry fire brimstone kind of messages that were very popular for a long time. And what usually happens when that kind of thing starts hitting is that you'll eventually have a pendulum swing effect to try to balance it out. And then what it turns into is, well, we don't want to offend and bother people. So that's when you got like the super milk toast Christianity because there was no balancing out the harshness of God's wrath being preached as opposed to finding a way to balance these things and try to like kind of shoot down the middle. And now what we have is a passive Christianity and that's not helpful. Uh, Jesus was not passive. And now did he go peaceably, peaceably to the cross? Yes. To be, to be passive doesn't mean that your side the, the, people also equip this idea of like pe being peaceful and passive. Like I can be peaceful while not being passive. I can be proactive while being peaceful. I could be direct without being cruel and mean and vindictive. I can be peaceful and not actually become passive. I could be an active force for the kingdom. And that is a, 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 a weird thing because, I mean, once in a while I'll get like attacked on here because maybe my tone is off and I can't stand that because I'm like, I don't know what to, like tone policing gets old for me because one area I'm being told I'm not harsh enough. Other areas I'm told I'm too harsh. And really what I try to do is I just try to speak from what I, from myself. This is who I am. I'm a passionate person. So I tend to speak passionately. And sometimes that passion is misinterpreted as anger or rage, but I just actually really am passionate about what I talk about. But that doesn't mean I have to become passive, right? If I, if I just shut my mouth and uh, let's turn off the channel, let's be done with what, all the work that I do and become a passive cog in the machine, I'm not doing anything. And in fact, scripture talks about that in Ezekiel, like the men on the wall who really aren't telling anybody about the invasion that's coming their way. We need to be active. Stop buying this passivity of Christianity. Be active, be on the front lines, uh, be on the battlefront of ideas and be advocating the fact that the Christian faith is superior. It just is. And I got, I, I, some people got upset on, with me online for saying Christianity is superior. And these were supposed Christians, by the way, like, well, we agree that it's true, but like, dude, that sounds way too much like white supremacy and stuff. I'm like, to say Christianity is superior is not even close to anything like nationalism or white supremacy. That's these people kept saying it was obnoxious because to say that Christianity is supreme is to say that Christianity is above all. It is true. And Christ is king and we all should submit to him and his will and his way. It's like the exact opposite, by the way, because um, I preached a message on this recently, but there is unity and diversity in Christianity amongst all people groups, amongst male and female, and against all like economic status. That's Christianity. And we are, and Christianity is superior. And 
There's no shame in that. Thank you, Dan Mason, for backing me up. Christianity is superior. Okay, it just is. And if you don't think so, by the way, look at the entire Western world and how much it's improved once Christianity came across. Now you can all, of course, you'll I hear I can already hear everyone talk about the Crusades. By the way, the Crusades, not everything was good in those. I agree, but um, was way better than the alternative. Okay, there I think Christians did like ultimately the right thing, which is standing against the tide of violent Islam. Uh, so anyway, and people can say I'm biased on that all day long, but if you actually read the history books, basically, if if the Crusades didn't take place, if Christians didn't stand up and defend these lands, we'd all be speaking Arabic probably at this point. Uh, so anyhow, all right, point number eight. If the state of Iowa wants to protect the freedom of its citizens to practice their religion, they cannot allow altars to the destruction of certain religions to be erected in their state house. You cannot protect the freedom of religion by worshiping the destruction of a certain religion. And that is absolutely true. Um, because, again, you want to protect, protect religious freedom, then you have to shut down anti-religious groups that are trying to actually destroy other other religions and that's all it stands to do is be an anti-religion that's all it is it's not a religion it's an anti-religion it's a philosophy it's a mindset and it's basically neo-atheism at its nutshell i mean at its core so Anyway, that is that. That is all. That, I mean, I pretty much said everything I have to say on that on the matter. So if you have questions or comments, please go ahead and start letting them go now. Um, so this will just be question comment time, and then I will hop off here. So uh, if you're listening on audio, you can hang around for the Q and A or comment time. If not, that's perfectly fine. Um, all right. So uh, Chris Fisher at the beginning of the stream, you said Christians show more emotion condemning destruction of satanic temple statues than the destruction of historic churches. Oh, that was painful. Uh, you're not wrong. And it's true. The fact that so many Christians stood up to defend, uh, this church of Satan on this, like, think about that for a second. You are defending the, the church of Satan, like, and you're condemning a Christian to cast down an idol. God said that just King Josiah pleased him for doing it. He commanded it be done over and over again in the Old Testament because to worship. Uh, actually, it's funny because he actually compares. Um, he compares idolatry to whoredom because he's like, you loved me. I am your creator. You love me first because I love you. Right. I love you. You should love me. But you go to all these other idols and give all your love to all these other creatures. And in Satanism, it's just. The, the love of self, right? So, uh, yeah, it's whoredom. It's an affront to God. It really is. So, good observation there, Chris. Let's see what else we have here. I feel like, uh, and Merry Christmas to you as well, Caleb. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, and thanks for all the super chats. You got to stop this. Um, all right. Hey, Roddy. He says, right, Will. There's uh, a way to handle certain situations. Be gentle as doves, but wise as serpents. Exactly. Um, which is why we shouldn't uh, be passive as Christians. Now, that's now remember, there's a difference between that and pacifism. So there is a lot of respectable Christians that are pacifists. I'm good friends with many of them. And actually, I understand their arguments. And I think a lot of them do make sense in a lot of areas. 
we're not saying to go to war with people and like you know kill them or anything like that that would not be what christianity would call for but the destruction of of idols sure no shame in that so uh oh somebody gave us a 20 dollars super chat um kingdom in context all right he says uh great channel keep addressing these cultural and church issues thanks sean uh by the way that is sean griffin kingdom in context um we had him on for a debate a while ago um so he uh and we did a debate there it is sorry it wasn't letting me pull it up there thanks man i appreciate it um Go check out the channel. Now, keep in mind, uh, I do not agree with Sean Griffin on everything. Uh, he, I believe, is a Unitarian. I am not, you see. Um, and he is a strong Torah-observant Christian. I am not. I'm disrespectful to, I'm respectful to that position. Um, but you know what? He, we had him on the channel. It was a good time. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> Caleb, you just keep throwing money at this point. He just says, can't stop, won't stop, LOL, with a $2 super chat. Um, so, Roddy, he says, we have to go about things in a wise and thoughtful way. Not playing by others' rules. In other words, we have to be smart about how we do things. We do have to be smart. And the thing is, is like, this is the problem with secularism and that, oh, how secularism has like really entered the church. It's this whole idea that we need to treat. It's like that I, pluralism and secularism, that all religions must be treated equally, that Christians must be equally tolerant. And you don't have to be like, I don't have to respect other belief systems that are out to destroy other people or other belief systems. And by the way, that means same with other Christian radical Christian groups. I don't have to do that. Um, Oh, yeah, Sean, still want to have you on so you can share your research on various atonement theories. Dude, I would love to talk to you about atonement. Atonement is my hobby and my jam. I'm still writing my book on it. Um, got a lot of exciting things going on with that currently. I'm still working on finishing the manuscript, but I'm getting it's at the point where it's so close I could taste it. So, yeah, I would love, love to come on and chat about that on your channel. Uh, I still think you did a great job when you debated Courtney. And I think I already made clear that I think you won that debate. I, uh, but um, that's mainly because I think you brought more things into it in those areas. Now, that's no shade at her. So sometimes people perform better than others. Uh, one of the things is on that debate that I found probably the most interesting that I thought was what kind of was unfair for Sean is the fact that Courtney redefined penal substitutionary atonement for him so it was he had to like try to find a way to tackle that um from a different angle but i think you did i think you did well um all right so question how do you address the destruction of idols when people are made into idols as objects of worship as well Ooh, good question um so uh the destruction of idols when people are made into idols as objects of worship as well so this goes into what is an image. Uh, so first off, Dan Mason, be a carpenter. That's a spoiler alert for tomorrow's episode that's dropping. We had Dan Mason on to talk about his time. Uh, he's a vet, a, a military veteran, and uh, his coming like around in faith and everything is a really good episode. Uh, there's a lot of practical wisdom in there, so you should check it out. Plus, he's a lot of fun. But thank you, Dan. You didn't have to give us anything, but appreciate you, man. Uh, all right, so Amber, back to your question. So. This is what the whole part of the whole perversion of images, right? So 
God created mankind in his own image to bear his image and show forth that image in a, in a way that where we are stewards of the earth in a way where we worship him. So images were never intended to like, they weren't intended to be objects of worship. They were intended to be ways of proclamation in a sense, or displaying um, the nature of God's creation. And what the perversion of the pagans was, is that they created images as opposed to mankind who was made in his image. So they made images and then they worshiped the images as opposed to the images, the one of whom the images reflect. So there, that's the distinction here that can be beneficial for people. So, so instead they went to whoredom essentially, and they went to these other idols and these other beliefs and they followed those. And then they worshiped an image as opposed to the, per, the, the being who created images. So we aren't to worship images. The only image that's worth worshiping, of course, and the one we should worship is Jesus Christ, but he's the image of God. It calls him the image, image of God. And it's because he is a reflection of God here, but he's the God man. He, that's a different category on the incarnation. So, um, so let's see what else we have here. Is there anything else? What is that? Sorry, I am looking through here. Um, Chris, definitely your tone needs work. You need wild fluctuate. You need wild fluctuation in pitch and tone within every sentence. No, this is not. This is not Remnant Radio. <laughs> uh, have you ever noticed that? I, I don't even know his. I don't remember his name, but my goodness, that that voice, like the mad fluctuations, drive me crazy. All right. I'm not sure if I see, it's like there's the chat's been very busy today. So I'm not sure if I can see anything else in here. Um, what was, wait, what is this one? By the way, what did you think the Israelites did when they conquered the land of Israel? They killed and destroyed the inhabitants of their pagan idols. It's true. Um, and it's just so you know, the reason why that sort of judgment, um, just so everyone, the reason why that sort of thing was happening, why God had people wiped out was because it was judgment, right? So you have to understand these were people who were burning their children alive on brass statues of Baal. Like God had the, the, their priests destroyed um, because they were wicked and they killed many, many people, including babies. So I don't feel bad about that at all. That's called justice. So... um see all right let's see um i'm not seeing any other oh wait question piano man piano pixie i mean piano pixie 07 question yes in the old testament we see people tearing down idols in the new testament we see jesus drive people out of the temple who are robbing people but i don't see paul tearing down different false temples and we see him uh reaching people and god working in that person and then burning the false idols so yeah that's actually um so that's a good observation. And I'm glad you brought that up, Piano Pixie, because I meant to actually talk about that. So, all right. So a few things. Um, when we're talking about the Old Testament uh, tearing down idols versus what happens in the New Testament. So one is that this is when Israel is its own nation and not under like, not under someone else's power or someone else's control, right? So 
back then in Israel, they were told to do this because they ought to, because that's what honors God and to drive it out from the land and make these people a separate people. But eventually, of course, they got became under Roman rule and Roman power, which meant that they were kind of forced to deal with it. Not that it pleased God, because it got to the point, I mean, we read Romans like First Corinthians 8, Romans 14, you read these areas and there was like some serious issue with how how in the world the, the Christians should navigate this thing with the idols. And um, there's a lot of debate about that amongst them because it was that heinous still. And there's a reason also why the destruction of Jerusalem ended up taking place. And I think the destruction of Rome, I think all these were various judgments, one for rejecting Messiah, two for uh, the Romans who were just uh, wicked people. So I think there's a lot of stuff going on there. And I don't think Paul destroyed these different idols. And that's mainly because they were under Roman rule and there's nothing they could really do about it. They weren't in a position to do so. But I think if they were in a position to do so, they would have. Uh, so in fact, that's the whole thing with the Hanukkah right now with the Maccabees, right? Like there's uh, fighting back against <laughs> and, uh, redeclaring yourself as independent people. So there's, there's some good stuff there. So, all right. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and, um, now, oh, Paul said to us, an idol is nothing. Yes. To us. Right. But if you also re know the fact of how the Old Testament worked, uh, they believe that there is definitely other spiritual beings. God said to us, an idol is nothing that it is just made of stone, but it does not mean that Paul was suddenly okay with it, right? But he was just saying, you know, it's how one eats, chooses to eat meat because all meat was all offered to gods as, as a spirit of thanks. This is just redeclare that, hey, by the way, remember, to us, these are nothing. But it does not mean that He's suddenly okay with it and cool with it. And if that Israel was in power, because you think, do you really think of the millennial, like, do you really think when Christ returns that, and the, when the Messiah returns, do you really think that he's not going to be casting down the idols? He will be, because once you're in the position to do so, you do it. Okay. That's the point here. But if you're not in a position to do so, then you can just kind of deal with it. Um, All right. Yeah. And I'm just going to finish with Jordan Thornburg's uh, statement. Hey, man, it has no right to be in the Capitol building. If it's someone's private property, then hold that, hold that. And it's, the, oh, that they hold the and it's their business. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't belong there. Um, all that good stuff. So, oh, uh, Amber said, also, God went before Israel and drove off many people first. God told them in Deuteronomy that they wouldn't have to do anything when they got to the promised land. Why? Because the in inhabitants fled for fear of Yahweh. So, um, yeah. So there's this. Um, yeah. yeah uh, the, the, there is a lot of uh, irony here. Andrew Selby said, imagine defending the demons right. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. This has been long enough. And that's just been a lot of chit chat with you guys in the comment section. I'm hoping you guys enjoyed the stream. This has just been something that has been driving me nuts. God's okay with destroying uh, idols. When you're in a, if you're in a position to do so, we should clear them out from among us. If not, then we should be very careful in how we interact with that and be very much 
because uh, Paul like used it as a springboard, of course, to present the gospel. But there's nothing wrong with destroying idols. And also the Church of Satan is not an actual church. It's not an actual religion. And it doesn't need to be honored as such. And anyone who thinks so is being played for a fool. They are playing on your ignorance. Don't buy into it. And they are an incoherent belief system because they don't believe in a God. They don't believe in any religion or any rules or institution that mankind is just a carnal creature. Meanwhile, they create rules and say eye for an eye, basically, and all that stuff. So there's just a big ball of contradiction because they are atheists. That's really what Satanism is, is atheism. And it doesn't need to be respected because it's not a religion. Okay. It's an anti-religion and I don't have to respect something that's an anti-religion. So anyway, I hope this has been beneficial for you guys. Stay tuned next time for the, uh, for the church split. Give us a couple weeks. We're probably not going to have any episodes, but we do have one dropping tomorrow as a little Christmas present for you with Dan Mason. Uh, please check that out and we will see you next time. So take care everyone. And of course, God bless. All right. Now time to play our Patreon clip. And guys, if you want to avoid seeing obnoxious ads like this, we gotta be strong, we gotta be healthy. When you wanna feel nice and strong and satisfied, you gotta check out Good Ranchers. Right now, go to GoodRanchers.com, use promo code Knowles. Or that. We also want to thank Free Life Soap, because I don't know about y'all, yes. but I got a new shipment of soap yes, in. Yes, I did. Here yes, sir. And it was great. Or this. Hi, guys. My name is Will, and I'm here to tell you why you should be a student at Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary. Or that. To get to that momentarily first, I want to talk to you about Daily Wire's most trusted privacy partner and premier sponsor of this show, ExpressVPN. Are you aware that your browsing data is constantly being tracked and monitored? Please support us on Patreon. We do not want to annoy you filthy heretics with any sort of ads on this show. So when you're a Patreon subscriber, you also get access to our apologetics classes and other video contents a whole month. You can support us on Patreon for as low as $1 a month.